Shin and his mother lived in the best prisoner quarters Camp 14 had to offer, a model village next to an orchard and just across from the field where his mother was later hanged. Each of the forty one-story buildings in the village housed four families. Shin and his mother had their own room where they slept side by side on a concrete floor. The four families shared a common kitchen, which had a single bare light bulb. Electricity ran two hours a day, from four to five in the morning and ten to eleven at night. Windows were made of gray vinyl, too opaque to see through. Rooms were heated, in the Korean way, by a coal fire in the kitchen with flues running under the bedroom floor. The camp had its own coal mines and coal for heating was readily available. There were no beds, chairs, or tables. There was no running water, no bath or shower. Prisoners who wanted to bathe sometimes sneaked down to the river in the summer. About 30 families shared a well for drinking water. They also shared a privy, which was divided in half for men and women. Defecating and urinating there were mandatory, as human waste was used as fertilizer on the camp farm. If Shin's mother met her daily work quota, she could bring home food for that night and the following day. At four in the morning, she would prepare breakfast and lunch for her son and for herself. Every meal was the same, corn porridge, pickled cabbage, and cabbage soup. Shin ate this meal nearly every day for 23 years, unless he was denied food as punishment. When he was too young for school, his mother often left him alone in the house in the morning and came back from the fields at midday for lunch. Shin was always hungry, and he would eat his lunch as soon as his mother left for work in the morning. He also ate her lunch. When she came back at midday and found nothing to eat, she would become furious and beat her son with a hoe, a shovel, anything close at hand. Some of the beatings were as violent as those he later received from guards. Still, Shin took as much food as he could from his mother as often as he could. It did not occur to him that if he ate her lunch, she would go hungry. Many years later, after she was dead and he was living in the United States, he would tell me that he loved his mother, but that was in retrospect. That was after he learned that a civilized child should love his mother. When he was in the camp, depending on her for all his meals, stealing her food, enduring her beatings, he saw her as competition for survival. Her name was Jang Hee Gyung. Shin remembers her as short and slightly plump, with powerful arms. She wore her hair cut short, like all women in the camp, and was required to cover her head with a white cloth folded into a triangle that tied around the back of her neck. Shin discovered her birth date, October 1, 1950, from a document he saw during his interrogation in the underground prison. She never talked to him about her past, her family, or why she was in the camp, and he never asked. His existence as her son had been arranged by guards. They chose her and the man who became Shin's father as prizes for each other in a reward marriage. Single men and women slept in dormitories segregated by sex. The eighth rule of Camp 14, as Shin was required to memorize it, said, Should sexual physical contact occur without prior approval, the perpetrators will be shot immediately. Rules were the same in other North Korean labor camps. If unauthorized sex resulted in a pregnancy or a birth, the woman and her baby were usually killed, according to my interviews with a former camp guard and several former prisoners. They said that women who had sex with guards in an attempt to get more food or easier work knew that the risks were high. If they became pregnant, 
they disappeared. A reward marriage was the only safe way around the no-sex rule. Marriage was dangled in front of prisoners as the ultimate bonus for hard work and reliable snitching. Men became eligible at 25, women at 23. Guards announced marriages three or four times a year, usually on propitious dates such as New Year's or Kim Jong-il's birthday. Neither bride nor groom had much say in deciding whom they would marry. If one partner found his or her chosen mate to be unacceptably old, cruel, or ugly, guards would sometimes cancel a marriage. If they did, neither the man nor the woman would be allowed to marry again. Shin's father, Shin Gyung Sub, told Shin that guards gave him Jang as payment for his skill in operating a metal lathe in the camp's machine shop. Shin's mother never told Shin why she had been given the honor of marriage.